0: And welcome to this Counting the Beat special for Waiheke Radio, an interview with Waiheke musician Steve Robinson, Silver Scroll winner, award winning record producer, jingle writer, and a former member of 70s folk rock band Tamberlane. Steve Robinson is a figure that a lot of Waikiki Islanders might best recognise from standing down at the wharf, holding up a sign for a, for a tour party, or perhaps you've been to a wedding or a, or some kind of corporate event and you, you've seen the red herrings playing. But Steve's actually got uh, a, a lifetime of musical experience, over fifty years of of playing, and um, some some mighty accomplishments during that time. And he's with me now. Welcome, Steve. Thank you very much. Good morning. So, Steve, you, I mean. I suppose we should recap, I mean, you, you got started in, in music what, way back in the what, late 60s?
1: Well, um, really as a child, um, my parents were very musical, very into music. My father played the cello, he had a beautiful um, baritone voice. My mum uh, played the fiddle, although not um, as an adult. Um, and so I started learning um, the piano, aged about four and uh then into high school i got into the violin i had sort of serious violin lessons for about seven years uh, a czechoslovakian um, teacher was a funny old funny old guy but he was very very good um, uh, but then um, the, at, at, also at high school the guitar suddenly took over I got into a band. We are in um, a very uh, Anglican school in Christchurch, Christ College, and um, the band was called The Pagans, so, so we thought that was a funny name. But we were doing lots of covers of, um, I mean, particularly you know, The Beatles and Kinks and all that sort of stuff that was coming out then. Uh, but, um, I should uh, just recap also that, you know, I had my childhood in Fiji and... Um, that is where I learned how to play the ukulele, and then I transposed that onto the guitar. So that's how I got into playing So you're no
0: stranger to island life then?
1: No, (laughs) not at all. Perhaps that's why I love to live here on Waiheke. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so you moved from Fiji to Christchurch, and then you're schooling there, you you got into music. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, a lot of people play music at school, and, and perhaps even more so back then than nowadays. But, I mean, how did you make the leap from that to, you know, to playing out around the town?
1: Um, Well, uh, yeah, I went on uh, to, we had a a band at school that we used to do um, uh, school halls and um, church halls and that that sort of thing, Um, youth clubs it was called back then. Um, uh, And then uh, I went to university and um, I was studying social sciences, uh, anthropology and sociology, which I, I really enjoyed, but I probably spent more time playing music with 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 guys that I met at the university. And that's where um, uh, Tamburlaine was formed and pretty well our first year at university in 1967. Simon Morris and Dennis Leong, um, the membership changed as we went, but that's where we started doing Anything that had some wonderful harmonies, uh, we, we just were totally into uh, harmonising and, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash and the Moody Blues and, uh, you know, bands like that that did these great vocal arrangements.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you kind of, uh, I suppose, ended up kind of striking out in a bit of a kind of a, a, a folk rock kind of vein, didn't you? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was the time of that, you know, those Laurel Canyon kind of California kind of um, artists who were, who were coming to prominence and that's what you hooked on to.
1: Totally um, and we, we tried to keep it as acoustic as possible as well. Um, we' we're not we didn't have a drummer initially we had a um, well it was th- three three of us to start with then we went to four people with a um, with percussion rather than drums so the, the demise of the band actually happened when we decided we needed to go out on the um, pub circuit as it was back in um, back in those days and get a proper drummer and really that was the beginning of the end for for Tamburlaine. Uh, because we were really um, a soft, kind of folky, harmonising, um, not a pub band at all, really, and we tried to do that. So uh, at the end of that, um, I uh, tried a job in the government, and um, it didn't work out at all. EMI Recording Studios was right across the road. This is in Wellington. Um, and I started doing a lot of session work with um, people like uh, Peter Dawkins and Alan Galbraith, and... Um, and uh, playing acoustic guitar for sessions and also doing a lot of vocal work as well. Lots of artists back there, the Yandel sisters, and um, uh, can I remember them all now? But that's where I started getting into the recording. We actually moved from uh, Wellington up to Waiheke in 1972, and we lived here for a couple of years, and that was a fairly... um,
0: it was a different place then? A
1: very different place, absolutely. I think I did two gigs in that year—one, one to the Brownies and one to the Red Cross, actually. But um, and because it was a bit difficult to sort of pursue the musical um, career, I went back to Wellington, um, to, and that's where I, I um, met a man called Rocky Duchet, who owns Marmalade Recording Studios back then. And um yeah, we, we became friends and he invited me to become their kind of the house jingle writer basically. That's that's how I got into the recording business pretty well full time. Yeah.
0: So let let's go back to those early Tamburlaine days. Mm. I mean uh, you know, you were playing what was it, the Calburn International Airport well, that was another ceremonial band. guard <laughs> band. Was that the origins <laughs> of it?
1: It's well remembered, Chris. Uh, yes, uh, that was a jug band actually. Uh, it wasn't really the origins of Tamburlaine, although that's um, in our pretty well the first term of, of university. That's where I met Simon Morris, who is still a close friend and, uh, and a, a, a great um, raconteur in his own right, of course. Um, and uh, we formed this fun band um, in our first year with members that went on to become part of the Windy City Strugglers with Rick Bryant. That's where I met Rick Bryant back in those days. Um, Rick's still still singing in the Jubilation uh, Choir. Uh, Yeah, so that was much more of a fun band. Jim Queskin um, jug band that we modelled ourselves on, a a famous um, American Californian uh, jug band, and it was just a bit of fun really um all sorts of different uh, instruments and and swanny whistles and unusual uh, kind of instruments and uh, yep and then so from there Tamburlaine, um we I was the president of the folk club back in those days and uh we used to do lots of concerts every year at the memorial theater in uh, Victoria University and um that's when we we started to some, write some songs, and 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 that's basically when when Tambourine started, I think.
0: So I mean, Tamblaine were around at a time. Um, of, of bands, I suppose that um, perhaps are better remembered. Uh, you know, there was obviously the bands like Blurter and you were, you know, mm-hmm. contemporaries of people like, you know, like, uh, Ray Columbus and and mm-hmm. early Shona Lang and so on. Yeah. And and Tambalaine are are a band that you know close fans of New Zealand music will know of, but perhaps the wider public don't. But yet. You know, the, the material you put out in those two albums, I mean, what was Nick Bollinger has called the, that first album, hasn't he? Um, he's called it one of the 100 essential New Zealand albums. Mm. I mean, do you, do you feel a bit hard done by that? It's kind of perhaps disappeared in the, the mist of time?
1: Oh, not at all, really. I, I, we certainly weren't mainstream. You know, we we toured the, basically the campuses of New Zealand um, before we started. We made that fatal mistake of of, of doing pubs and that. Um and I'm um, very flattered that Nick would uh, include that album in, um, in in the top 100 or essential 100 albums of, of New Zealand. Um, some people feel that the second album is uh, is a better. Um, there were two albums, um, Say No More and Rebirth, and that the second album was um, had more substance to it, perhaps. Although we were never. P- particularly happy with the recording of it Uh, we we tried producing it ourselves which again was a mistake you don't have that objectivity that you need sometimes Uh, john ruffle the owner now owner of kiwi records was uh, heavily into into recording um all kinds of folky music and uh, he came in and helped salvage that um that album um and it's it sounds it sounds okay. It's all been remastered and everything.
0: Yeah, and there's a, that double CD collection just out this yes. year, isn't there? Bringing the two albums together.
1: Correct. Yep. That's the first time it's been um, put out since since the vinyl was um, was released. And it's kind of interesting because I I've seen. Some of those vinyl albums on eBay in America going for four, five, six hundred bucks. Yeah, they
0: go for big money. Yeah. And, you know, people, mm. some of the people listening to this will be fans of, of some of that. Um, there seems to be a whole kind of group of, of early 70s New Zealand records, things like, you know, Butler, Ticket, mm-hmm. uh, Rocking Horse, yes. Tambourine, which go for extraordinary amounts of money. I mean, mm. have you got a, a box of these in the garage that you pull out every time you need to marry a grandchild <laughs> or something?
1: <laughs> I wish. No, I, I do have, I think, probably two or three copies of each, but um, the, I don't have a big store of them, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So no gold mines sitting there?
1: Not, not yet, no. Uh, well, not as far as I like. I actually have just got all my um, one of my brother's um, vinyl collection and um, probably got about 1,000 vinyl at home, but I haven't actually got to the end of them yet. There might be some hiding in there.
0: Yeah, well, well, you know where to come if you find an extra one (laughs) So, um, now, at at the time of that first album, Mm -hmm. uh, 1972 You picked up Silver Scroll You picked up the Silver Scroll for Lady Wakes Up
1: Indeed I did Um, Again, another big surprise I had no idea that the uh, record company had actually entered that song um, Which was a pretty personal song, actually Written about, um, obviously, a, a breakup which didn't last, actually. The, I'm still married to the, the woman I wrote that song about uh, 52 years on. Um, so, yeah, it was um, a big surprise to get that uh, Silver Scroll. Pat Bell was the, um, was the director of, the, of APRA back in those days, wonderful woman. And, um, yeah, I got, I got the Silver Scroll for that and for one, one reason or another.
2: Lady wakes up Monday morning, fine, she doesn't want you anymore. Goes into town and sees you standing smiling as she walks in through the door. But it's only a lie that she's living. Lady wakes up Tuesday morning, slow to rise. She goes to wash her eyes. She finds you gone and wonders if you can go on while she has only lies. Lady cries, finalize, a way of living. away the net from the butterfly smile Don't I know that you'll be gone a while? Just think of all our times in your very last mile and In your wood box of memories May I be a chip Dominating forces on the mind will find a love that's an ideal A, white, a shade of pale. I hope you see my weakness and my failing. Take away the net from the butterfly smile. Don't know that you'll be gone a while. Just think of all our times in your very last mile, and in your wood box of memories May I be a cheer? Lady wakes up every morning Try to keep that gentle yawning kiss So many things don't seem the same No one's to blame, it's you that I will miss Find the time to sit down explain it take away the net from the butterfly smile don't, don't I smile don't know that you'll be gone a while just think of all our times in your very last mile and in your wood box of memories may I She wakes up Monday morning Fine, she doesn't want you anymore Goes into town and sees you standing Smiling as she walks in through the door But it's only a lie That she's living Lady wakes up Tuesday morning, slow to rise she goes to wash her eyes. She finds you gone and wonders if you can go on while she has only lies. Lady cries, finalize a way of living. Take away the net from the butterfly smile Don't I know that you'll be gone a while Just think of all our times in your very last mile And in your wood box of memories May I be a chip Dominating forces on the mind will find a love that's an ideal It's only Fisbee's fickle health that turns the self a whiter shade of pale I hope you see my weakness and my failing Take away the net from the butterfly smile Don't handle that you'll be gone a while Just think of all our times in your very last mile your wood box of memories, may I be a chill Lady wakes up every morning. Try to keep that gentle yawning kiss. So many things don't seem the same. No one's to blame, it's you that I will miss. Find the time to sit down and explain it Take away the net from the butterfly's smile Don't know that you'll be gone a while Just think of all our times in your very last mile And in your wood box of memories May I be a chip and in your wood box of memories.
0: So, um, you know, that's that, that's kind of early days, but you, you know, you, as you say, that um, things continued on. Um, you had the second album with Tamburlaine. Now, you've also, there's a few Tamburlaine songs on a record I am lucky enough to have, which is the Songs of Young New Zealand, mm-hmm. which is a, well, a collection of New Zealand folk songs. Songs of the young country. That's it, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, again, that was another Kiwi uh, Records initiative. Um, and it's a whole bunch of, very interesting people on it. It certainly was not the sort of material that Tamburlaine was um, would normally play, but we did give it our own uh, three of those songs, our own our particular take on it. Um, and it was a recording session that happened pretty well live. We we did no overdubs on that um, on that on that recording, so it's a live recording in a, in a classroom and. Some school, I can't remember where it is now in in Auckland. Um, yeah, so it was an unusual material for us to be doing those songs of the young country.
0: Well, I think one of the things that, which is the strength of that record and it's remarked on in the, the kind of liner notes is that it wasn't a whole lot of people trying to replicate kind of um, you know the traditional origins of those songs, but rather playing them in the contemporary folk settings of the day and and bringing their own take to it.
1: Absolutely, yeah,
0: that, yeah. that's
1: exactly what it was. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Come all you sealers and listen to me A lovely song was in 1803. Come
4: down,
3: you blood-red roses, come down, that we set sail for the southern sea. Oh, you pinks and posies, come down, you blood-red roses, Our captain, he has set us down And he has sailed for Sydney town And he has left us with some grub Come down, you blood red roses, come down Just one split pea in a ten pound tub Oh, oh, you pinks and posies come down You blood red roses come down A bull seal is bigger than a mouse But a sealer's lot is lower than a louse And now we're all covered over with fur down, you blood red roses, come down We've grown us tails like Lucifer Whoa, you pinks and posies, come down, you
4: blood red roses
0: And then, um, you, you know, you, as you say, you carried on and you continued with a, a, a career in, in session work and recording and mm-hmm. so on. Um, and that that took you into some kind of completely different directions of music. And we were just chatting before we got on the mic about um, another of the records in my collection, which you put together as a kind of an advertising jingle with Simon Morris for New Zealand Railways. Yes, yes. Uh, New Zealand Rail
1: were very keen to up their profile, and I was definitely uh, writing a lot of jingles back in those days. And they came um, they purchased the rights to Rawhide and um, I changed the arrangement around a little bit, made it ma- more of a major key than the minor key that Rawhide is in. And uh, that was the um, recording of Rail Freight. Yeah. Which was, um, I remade that um, tune uh, just probably about six or seven years ago. Uh, I thought a better recording of it, actually. But yeah, so I don't, I think uh, the New Zealand Rail are using it at the moment, but um that was a a, a song that um, was was widely played back then.
3: Rolling, 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 we keep these wheels a rolling, right across the country, rail freight. Who cares about the weather? Rain and wind together, we got important freight loads. Up the track there'll be no coming back Till we reach the end of the line. Put them up, move them on, move, move, move them on, move up, move them up, move 'em on real freight.
0: Get them back, get them here, get them here, get them there, move them on, move them on real freight. And are there other kind of um, recognizable you know adverts and and jingles that the people of New Zealand will know that you're uh, responsible for
1: well it um, does you know, they, they disappear into the into the mists of time actually but um, I had a big hand in um, in the Briscoes you'll never buy better um, jingle well that's um, that's
0: incredibly famous yes yeah <laughs>
1: well um, I I was one of a team but I did a majority of work on it and- um, there's other ones. Uh, there was a, um, a TV series called The Zoo. Uh, I wrote the theme to that. That um, was uh, I'm still getting royalties for that. Actually, uh, uh, being played around the world, sort of thing, and a few other local um, jingles that, uh, like pit stop, you've come to the right place. That was another one that I that I wrote. But um, it wasn't all about. Um, Commercial music, uh, because I did a lot of work with with some um, well-known New Zealand artists back then as well. Specifically, um, Sharon O'Neill. Um, I got. Um, she was one of my main um, session singers uh, back in those days in the in the um, mid to late seventies, and Sharon was. You know, trying to make her way and find her feet, and she was signed to CBS back then. John uh, John Macready, and um, I was her producer for um, Smash Palace, the um, uh, the the film score that she wrote for Roger Donaldson's uh, movie, and also um, for her, I think it was a third album, um, and Words was one of the songs that I got. Um, Uh, the award for producer of the year in 1979 for for, for production of that of that song words by by sharon o'neill Another person I had a lot to do with was um, John Stevens, uh, the Stevenson family, um, Frankie Stevens, um, uh, Gina, and um, Tui, and and John. a very musical family, and John was a sixteen-year-old out in um, Johnsonville, playing in a, in a he was in a talent contest. And um, Danny Ryan, who, who was uh, his manager, well, he discovered um, John Stevens and brought him to Marmalade. And I produced the first album of, of John Stevens as well. And Jezebel was uh, a song that went to number one in New Zealand. Um, one of the first sort of golds that, um, that were, not that I got, but, but that, that he, he got, actually. John's still a powerful um, performer and singer, of course, living in Sydney now. So John Stevens' "Jezebel" and "Montego Bay" was another uh, song. So we had a great team of um, session guys. Um, a lot of lot of quite well known the Winch Brothers, for example. Um, sadly, Rob, uh, both of them actually, Rob and and um, has died. And um, we called them the A team. Actually, it was a, a great a great bunch of uh, people that pretty well um, did most of the sessions in Wellington back those days.
0: it was a, a really strong scene, wasn't there? You know, mm. and I suppose, um, unlike now, you know, when there was, you know, you could make money by, by getting a, a hit record or, or selling, or, you know, selling something, there was the the, the background and the, the kind of scene that you were involved in to support that. Totally. And it was the commercial
1: scene, actually, that supported a lot of these guys, you know, um, because back in those days... Jingle writing was um much more prevalent than it is now um, you know we only had three t v stations for example and um uh, so a lot of a lot of um jingles were, were, were written and, and recorded back in those days and that, that provided uh, a livelihood for a lot of people actually, much more so I, I believe than it is today mm. Mm.
0: Now one record I want did want to ask you about which has actually kind of sparked off this whole kind of venture of tracking you down and getting you in here um, was that I collect kind of Kiwiana stuff and I came across this single uh, by Kev and the Kiwi Fruit Band yeah. from 1983 mm-hmm. So do you want to tell us the story behind this one?
1: Um, I'm not sure that I can actually remember. I think it was um, was it a radio station that wanted to promote um, New Zealand sport. And uh, well, the, the greatness of New Zealand—it wasn't just about sporting. People. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. what I
0: think what makes it unusual. You know, yeah. a lot of these songs, kind of you know, these booster kind of songs are typically associated mm. with a particular, say, sporting event or or, or something. But this this isn't. Um, it just kind of stands on its own.
1: Yeah, it talks about um, everyone, pretty well. Everyone famous in New Zealand, actually. Yeah, I think. It? Doug, Doug Myers gets yeah, mentioned in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, so I, I actually I can't. A hundred percent remember what specifically that tune was was about i do I do know it was been a bit of fun to record and yeah um, i I wrote the words as well um well, certainly I wrote a lot of them, and you know they were usually they'd be um they'd be uh, fiddled with by well, somebody from the agency or whatever but um and then we had fun recording that tune, yeah.
0: So you know, you you came to, to Waiheke early, mm-hmm. um, returned to Wellington, back to the music scene. When yes. did you when did you make a move away from the music scene and back to back to the here?
1: Um, well, actually, in 1988, um, there was a, we had a very successful um, production company in Wellington called Soundtracks, um, and what with one it, that was 87 was a, a big financial crash and um, lots of things fell over financially um, and business models changed etc and that's when um, we decided that we couldn't carry on there were four of us Ian Morris of the dudes was one was our engineer actually back in those days Callie Blood uh, was um, involved she's involved in the jubilation choir these days and Jim Hall was my partner and he still is writing music in, in Auckland but we, we kind of went our separate ways, and uh, we moved from Wellington, my wife and I, up to up to Auckland. And um, I carried on with 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 jingle writing, but I joined forces with um, Alan Jansen, who is the pr- producer of um, How Bizarre, for example, and and a writer of How Bizarre. And together we had a, a recording studio, which is still happening in um, in Auckland. Um, for well so over twenty years, actually, that uh, carried on writing pretty well anything that we were asked to do. Alan was much more into um, making records uh, with people like Sisters Underground um, in the neighbourhood. That was one of one of I well remember that song being recorded. How bizarre, of course, and Paulie Fuimana and OMC were all recorded at, at our studio. And while I didn't have any um, Production credits, or, or um, Alan was definitely the producer, and they wrote all of the tunes. I did a lot of work on the on the on the actual recording of that. So that that is what um, I I kept doing that until just I think it was just three four years ago that I I said now that's that's enough. I'm retiring. Um, from from the recording studio and having to go out there and hustle for work is getting harder and harder, sort of thing. But Alan's still running um, Uptown Studios in downtown Auckland, and it's a, an amazing recording studio. And um one I was very happy to be associated with.
0: When you look back over all of those various things you've done, you know, whether it's producing someone like Sharon O'Neill or the you know the Silver Scroll for Tambellaine, or um, you know the Getting your your music into those TV productions are there particular moments or a moment that that stand out as a highlight for you?
1: Um I, I really loved the early days of of recording um, in 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 these in the particularly in EMI studios. I mean, they were the leaders of of recording, um, and you know we went on to work with lots of really fantastic people I mean um, John Clark with, with whom I was at university um, we did a lot of work together and various sort of university shows um, and uh, he, he was you know involved in uh, Fred Dagg uh, recordings and and I, I did a bit of work on that that was fun you meet all sorts of interesting people that's for sure um, I don't think there's any particular highlight That I can, I mean, winning the silver scroll was like mind blowing. I had no idea that they'd entered that song "Lady Wax Up" into the into the competition, Um, and uh, yeah, it's making making music has has been the highlight really of of the whole forty or so years that I was doing it. Yeah,
0: and you you still got your hand in a
1: bit. So I don't um, have much to do in recording. I don't have a a recording, any recording equipment at home, but I do have um, a a little uh, rehearsal studio and it's all sorts of um, music being happening. Uh, You mentioned the Red Herrings, which is a band that we started in 1995, I think, or four, 94 or five, and that's a a movable feast, actually. It's basically my brother, Mark, uh, and myself... As the core, uh, and then depending on the gig, it uh, can go from a, like a duo to a four or five piece band with drums and, and bass. And pulling using people on, on the island here Peter here, who um, was the bass player for Space Wolves way back in those early days, he lives on Waiheke. Mano Pratt, um, wonderful guitar player, but he's actually our drummer. Um, and as well, um, uh, this, uh, I'm involved in an Irish band here on, on Waiheke, the Plastic Patties, um, and that's that's great fun. I mean, I play mandolin and um, tenor banjo in that band rather than guitar. Um, as well, I've done a lot of work with Grant Bridger, and we've got another project coming up um, called Songs for a Fragile Planet. Uh, we hope to be staging that in um I think in October, and uh, that's basically songs from, from the 60s, uh, The Times They Are Are Changing, Blowing in the Wind, that that sort of genre of songs with a whole bunch of people I've not worked with before uh, on Waiheke. Um, uh, Malcolm McMartin and um, Mervina, uh, she's involved as well. George Gardner, well, I've she, she, worked with her on um, um Footrot Flats, which was a, one of Grant's mega productions, I didn't have anything to do with his uh, um, more
0: recent um,
1: thing, Petty Crime, but um, yeah, so there's all of those projects that are still um, bubbling over. So,
0: in some ways, with that that most recent project, you're going back to you know because you've recorded Dylan in the past, haven't you, yes. back in the early days? So yeah, yeah, kind of going but, full circle.
1: Absolutely, yeah. There's still songs that we love to sing and love to play. Um,
0: and um, do you pull out any of the tambourine material in the red heron um, set
1: look we've, I've, we've we have played lady wakes up once once or twice uh, but uh, when I listen to that music um, I mean we played that music live uh, although i I don't think we could ever replicate it now, not not with the you know the current uh, lineup um, it, it it's it was quite advanced actually in terms of layering and um, and recording. Uh, some sometimes yeah, but a little difficult to replicate. I think. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you very much, Steve. It's been a, a real honour to have you in here and to and to hear your story of your involvement in New Zealand music. And uh, we wish you all the best for for those future endeavours. Thank you very much, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Cheers.
3: Maybe a dancer, a dancer moving outside. Going to chance her, a chance how her. she fades. she tell me the answer. Answer. If one's been there, something is stirring the soul of the earth. Maybe it's time for rebirth. so One making, making Mountains of dust What are they losing? losing And so we must What are they proving, proving. See how it fades We'll, we'll look for we a new thing It thing. once been made Something is stirring the soul of the earth. Maybe it's time for rebirth. Maybe it's time for rebirth. Something is stirring the soul of the earth. places I have seen to somewhere I carry you
2: there to somewhere carry you I carry you to I
3: carry you carry you to places I have seen to some